Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everyone, welcome to the BS Podcast. I'm Bill Simmons, and today we're going to talk about how much Jalen Green fucking sucks. <laughs> and in the second segment, we're going to talk about how Jalen Green scoring is so bad. And then in the third segment, we're going to talk about how Herb Jones is the greatest rookie of all time. No, 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 no. That this is not the BS podcast. This is the Dream Take podcast, home of all things Houston Rockets at the DreamShake.com. This is Jeremy Brunner. This isn't Bill Simmons. And that is definitely my co-pilot Michael Brown on the other side. Mike, did I scare you a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's had, I mean, in all honesty, that's probably the one of the five greatest opens we've ever had. Uh, so, mazel tov to you. Um, Did I have anything in you were on the wrong show? Uh, no. Nah, no, no, you did 100 here at the Dream Take. I mean, that's entirely true. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we're going to get right into it. I figured I gotta, that was a good way to do it, yeah. I got to tell you, man. I, and I, I'm in the minority with this. I'm not, trust me, I'm not going to say that I agree with Bill Simmons. Um, I think it's one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my entire life. I do think that the quote that he had got narrowed down to what he said about Green. If you actually listen to the entire quote, if he was talking about anything besides a rookie of the year award, I get where he's coming from. Like the logic, if he wasn't talking about the rookie of the year award, makes sense. But the fact is, the NBA should strip him of having a say in that award. That's the most egregious part to this whole thing. Well, he's just like, Bill Simmons is a shock jock, right? Like he says things that are maybe exaggerated or maybe things that, you know, aren't 100% what he really feels to to kind of build his brand and he's built a, a, a remarkable brand for himself. But I, like, I don't really think he feels like a hundred percent of what he said, but it, it was kind of fun to kick the off season off uh, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of a way to kind of bring us all together here because that that's the thing about rockets, Twitter and rockets fans <laughs> and red nation is, is we have so many different opinions and we'll fight within each other. But if you come for one of our own outside, then you're screwed. <laughs> well, we're, we're an extremely sensitive bunch. Um, the thing about it is he actually, he knew what he was doing. Like, go look at his Twitter. Like he actually sent out a tweet. You can go see it right now. That said, unbelievable. I see the Rockets fans have come after me. Yada, yada, yada. He thinks Jim Green is going to be a fantastic player. Um, but his logic doesn't make any sense because who's he going to, who's he going to, uh, choose for rookie of the year? Is he going to go with Cade Cunningham, whose team had two more wins than the Rockets? 
he's going to go for Franz Wagner. Like it doesn't make any sense unless he honestly, you know, uh, votes for Herb Jones. Herb Jones had a really good game last night, by the way, for New Orleans. He did. Uh, but no, I mean, Bill Simmons is a clown. He knew what he was doing, though. He was drumming up interest in something that he says that only happens, you know, once or twice a year at this point, ever since leaving ESPN. So congrats for his 10 minutes in the spotlight and back to regular, regularly scheduled programming. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Regular scheduled programming. So tonight we've decided that at the beginning of the off season, Mike did a great job, uh, putting his teacher face on and giving the Rockets some report cards in our last episode. If you haven't catched it, you can go and check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. You can just hit the, the previous episode button and it should be right there. But today we're going to look forward instead of looking backwards. And we're just going to talk about what we want to see from the Rockets this off season. Just kind of a brief overview uh, from, from the, Draft, lottery, free agency, and a little bit of summer league action as well. Not too much tonight, but also we do have uh, the speaker request button here on Spotify Green Room. If someone wants to come up and share their off-season wish list with us, we would be more than happy to talk it out with you. So feel free to hit that speaker request button if you would like to do so. But we're going to start off with this, Mike. Obviously, things are going to be interesting this offseason. Do you think that this offseason is more important than the previous one? Uh, for sure. Yeah, I, well, I, look, man, I think, I think coming off of going into last offseason, the team was so bad that whatever they did in the offseason was automatically going to make them better. You know, whoever they got at second, you know, second overall was going to make the team better. And the record, you know, they were technically better. You know, they got better on the court. So last year was a better year than the year before. The biggest thing with this offseason is they have the ability, if they get this right, they can be a contender for the play-in tournament next season. Potentially being, you know, a, a top eight team in the West. I don't think that's out of the realm of craziness. Um, but a lot depends on the draft. And I think free agency is even more so important this year than it was last year. See, that's an interesting take because I actually have the total opposite opinion. Okay. I don't think, I don't think this off season is as important as the previous one because Explain the, <laughs> thank you. Because I feel like the Rockets, the hardest part of the rebuild is over, and that's getting your star. And I'm of the opinion that we need to just – I've never really said this about anyone, and I don't really endorse it for too many people, but all of my Easter eggs are in Jalen Green's basket. I am ready to ride with him like I was riding with James Harden for nine and a half years. I'm ready for that to be Jalen Green. I'm ready to just give him my whole basketball fandom and let him run with it. And I, I feel like this is what like the off season is, is for. It's really to build the team around Jalen green. And like, 
I feel like if if you screwed up the pick last year, it would have been a little bit more consequential. But this year, you know you have your foundation. You know you have a guy that you can really build a team off of. Now it's up to you to figure out guys that you can build around. It's still an important offseason, don't get me wrong. You do need to get the right guy to pair with the rest of the team. Paolo Boncaro is, in my opinion, who they would take at number one if they had that pick, just simply because of the built-in chemistry that's already there. Um, and I do think that they value that, considering the fact that they did draft Josh Christopher uh, last year with with Jalen Green at number two. So I do think that they value chemistry. And uh, obviously, Boncaro also has the Seattle connection with him and Kevin Porter. So I personally think that this offseason is really about just enhancing what you already have. And I don't think that is that I don't think it's as important as building, but the the hard part's over, in my opinion. I think they will be better than they were this season because it's just going to be a natural growth from here on out. We're going to take these last 10 games or so that we had, and we're going to give them a full off season and they're going to be in the gym all off season because that's, I think the, in the DNA of the guys that they have, we know Shangun's going to play, uh, in Eurobasket with Turkey. We know that Jalen and Josh Christopher and Kevin Porter have some work to do in the lab. And the same with, you know, Garuba. I'm sure Garuba might be uh, possibly playing with the Spanish national team. We know he'll definitely be playing with uh, the Rocket Summer League team, which is also important. So I feel a lot better about the team than I did a year ago, which is why I say this offseason is not as important as the last one. I think it's see I, I I go the other I go the hundred percent the other way. Look, I think I I don't doubt you. Let me see how I want to say this. I don't blame you for wanting to put all of your Easter eggs into uh, the basket of Jalen Green. Which, by the way, as a member of the Jewish community, I don't understand the Easter egg hunt. I think it's stupid. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah, there's it's so dumb. Like in the office, like my boss does this fun thing where he hides all these eggs. I'm like, this is dumb. He goes, why do you think it's dumb? I said, because I literally would rather be doing anything okay, else besides okay, looking what's, for what's Easter in eggs. The eggs. What's in the eggs? Is there anything in the eggs? He puts like little chocolates and stuff. And I, you know oh, what? I've made it to a point in my career know. where I'm just going to go buy like, a bag of candy. <laughs> exactly. Like if I want like a bag of candy. Yeah, it's like, it's like trick or treating. It's like instead of. Yeah, like, I'm not getting go, on my hands and knees <laughs> looking for eggs. You know, filled with little chocolates. That's now, if there was like little dollar bills in them, no, no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Anyway, um, sorry, I had I'm to get sorry, that out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think. It's I think awesome you have to do this now. Yeah, I think the skepticism that I like that I, I'm not a hundred percent there on Jalen Green being the superstar. Of the future. And let me explain myself real quick. Don't jump down my throat, everybody in the chat. Good, because I was about to. No, I know. Here's the thing. I've said it all year. He showed tremendous progress with his game the second half of the year. He also spent the first half of the year looking completely lost, which I get it is totally warranted. Rookie in the league, not even 20 years old yet. But he's got to do it for a full season. He's got to show that he can help lead this team to more than 20 wins in a season. And yeah. I get it. One year in the league, 
I'm if I had to make a million dollar bet on Jalen Green, I would make it. But I would have some reservations about it. And I think that what the Rockets will do in the top with their first pick is going to say a lot about what they feel like they have with this roster. Because I do think after what Jalen Green said, which by the way, I don't think got enough run with what he said about the top three guys when I forget who asked him. I think it may have been Sarge. He goes by Big Sarge on Twitter mm-hmm. um, that asked him, you know, who have you been looking at? And he named three guys. He didn't name Jabari Smith. He named Jaden Ivey, Chet Holmgren, and uh, Paula Boncaro. If the Rockets get the number one overall pick in the draft, I think there is a legitimate chance they would take Jaden Ivey. That is a fascinating development, and I would not be against that pick. So while I totally agree with the sentiment that Jalen Green has everything you want to be a superstar, I'm not ready to go 100% all of my Easter eggs in a basket with Jalen Green. I would probably put nine of those eggs in the basket. I would reserve one egg. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Bill Simmons, and this is the end of the BS Shut podcast up. episode. For Shut, Shut up. <laughs> Shut your mouth. You know what? Don't you ever compare me to that little twerp. Like, no, I'm just like – You sound I think, like I think him. You're not – That's not true. Green that's uh, not I true. Know. I, know. I know. But look, here's the thing, right? Is if, How dare you criticize that man? It wouldn't be fun if I didn't at least go against somewhat of what you were saying because I love Jalen Green. No, I'm, not I'm totally, I'm totally fine with this being a Jalen Green stand podcast. I'm totally fine with us changing the name again to the Green Team. I'm not doing it. Going I'm not again. doing it. Shut no, up! I'm I, leaving. I am, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. I'm leaving. If you change the, I can't go through another name. Fine, change. you can you can go to the BS podcast. I'll stay at the Green Team. Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> God, you know what? We should just change the name to "We're Tired of Being in Last Place in the NBA Podcast." How about that? <laughs> Well, I, I, don't th- I don't think we're going to be in last place next year. I really, I, I can't imagine us being in last place next year. Good, because if they, are, I, I really can't. If they win 17 to 20 games next year and you and I do another full season of podcast, I am, I am writing a memo that somebody should pay for therapy for you and I to go to. Cause if this we do, is therapy, this is, I mean, therapy. that's fair. I, that is fair. But th- at that point, Jeremy, that's what 240 episodes where we win less than like 60 games it's awful we'll figure it out we'll figure it out and you know why because we do have Jalen green and we're not going to see him standing in the corner next season you think after dropping 40 in a game and in the last game of the season that he's going to be standing in the corner next season absolutely not and Uh, look here's my thing though with the reason steven silas still the coach yeah, I do think – I mean, Steven Silas is going to be the coach next year. We have mentioned that he's going to be on the hot seat next season. And I, it, it, and I wouldn't mind you know pulling the plug in the middle of the season if it kind of goes south. But what I will say is, look, if Jaden Ivey ends up coming to the Rockets, it's because they have a plan. And Rafael Stone said in an interview that they really like everyone that they have. They really don't feel like they need to – go and trade anyone um and but they're keeping all of their options open right and that's what you kind of have to do when you play from the position on the bottom you kind of have to you know play the field and see what you got and i do think that look i I expect them to go for a big man just because it does feel like the the best player available is going to be a big man 
but I, like I just can't like I feel like also Rafael Stone kind of has to play a little bit of poker uh, simply because you know he is a GM and he is gonna probably be at the top of the draft somewhere and he's gonna be in position to make a trade. He's gonna be in position to you know move down, move up. He's gonna have so many options in the draft. He's gonna hold the cards and people have to come to him. So that's why he's playing a little bit uh, poker at this, at this moment in time. So yeah, Jaden Ivy, you kind of have to throw him out there. The Rockets have to do their homework on everybody, not just at the top of the draft. You have to go in the middle of the first round undrafted guys. Like that's what you do when you're in last place in the NBA is you, you got to make those, got to make those moves to me. Well, like, but Mike, do you want Jaden Ivy? Like, do you really want Jaden? Are you really not convinced that, Kevin Porter and Jalen Green are going to do the thing next season after what they did. What it, like, does that really no. not convince you? No, it doesn't. Cause here's the, well, That's here's crazy. the thing. Well, I mean, look, it's crazy, right? But you got to think about this, right? That So Mike, you want to go for like, Mike, the thing is you've told me this whole damn season, how bad we need a big man. Yeah. And then you're advocating for Jaden 90, make it make sense. Okay, so I'll, I'll 100% make it make sense. If they come out of this draft with, I'll give you two names, big man-wise, that you can very easily get in the 10 to 20 range, depending on how far you want to move up. Mark Williams out of Duke and Walker Kessler. So that's number one. You have options, right? I'll give you another name in free agency. On my wish list, what do you think about Joseph Nurkic? I think they're just staying in Portland and that's like okay. me being a Portland writer as well. If, okay. So better put, if he doesn't return to Portland, what would you think of him as a rocket? Mm-mm. Okay. Doesn't, he doesn't fit the timeline. He's like another Christian would. It's just it. No, no, no. but he's not a wood though. That's the thing is that Nurkic is actually exactly he's what better. This team needs. He's better defensively. Yes. But like, I just, I need this rocket team to just feel more complete. And basically what that entails is getting another big man, getting someone okay. to pair with to getting someone to pair with Shangun, because what you have already here, let's say you do get a guard. Let's say you do get Jaden Ivy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so he's starting, or assuming? Yeah. Yes. So so Jaden Ivy starts, Jalen Green has to start. Mm-hmm. Kevin Porter? No, you're putting Kevin Porter moves to the See, six that, man. That to me is ridiculous. But it's not ridiculous though, because Josh Christopher, less minutes for him? I mean, no less minutes than what he had this year playing behind The guard rotation next year needs to be filthy. If that is. It's already filthy. It's not. It's already filthy. No, it's not. Yes, it's filthy. Okay, so you're telling me. Okay, so lay it out. How is it filthy right now outside of. Jalen Green's dropping 40 out here. He's got 30 plus. Josh Christopher, we've seen him drop 30. We've seen Kevin Porter drop 30 on multiple occasions as well. You get those guys and you can combine 55, 60 points, and then you can go to your front court, get Alperon Shangun a, a 13 and 10 game. Then you get Boncaro. Boncaro can go for like 15 to 20. That's already out of your main four guys. That's 80 points. And then you need the bench to go for 20, 25. And then you have but you and I both know win the game. You and I both know that if all of those things were to happen, not all of those guys would do that in a given game. All I'm saying is 
that if you gave me next year a four-guard rotation of Jaden Ivey, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., and Josh Christopher, I'm in. If you, I'm if already you, in. I don't need Jaden Ivey. I need rebounding, Mike. That's what's on my wish. I just gave Santa, you a rebound. Santa, but I just gave it to guys, you. Give me I just gave four. it to you. Okay. Who? I'll who, give you another who, who, name. Who? Uh, Joseph Nurkic, who are averaged. We, are we assuming that, are we assuming okay. that, are we assuming that we're getting, okay, so you're saying, but here's my thing about like a Mark Williams or a guy like that, that it's just a mostly defensive big man. It's all you need. Him and, him and Garuba. Like, like. Garuba's not a five though. They, Garuba's they not they a wanna, five. I don't. But then, but then, but there is going to be like the thing is, Mike, is you can't play Mark Williams and Garuba together. That's there's no offense in the front court if you play those two guys together. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You need a you need a big man that can create his own shot, that can score, that can be that can make threes. That's what the top three provide. Like it doesn't need to be this. Like it doesn't need to be complicated. You have a need as a big man. Take a big man. Like, it's not that hard. You have three guards that are capable of going off on any given night. You play two of them at a time. They need more. If we're being honest, this is what I would do personally. You go and you get a big man at the top of the draft. And then the second pick, you go and you get a wing. You get a wing. Someone that can be like a better version of Garrison Matthews. Someone like that. That's what you need. I Look, I don't disagree with you. A guy like Kendall Brown from Baylor right. is a guy that I'm really high on. But we were talking about wish lists, right? Well, on the topic of big man, I'll give you a guy that I would throw the bag at and I'd give this team whatever the hell they wanted for him. And that's DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix. If they're DeAndre, over, Ayton, DeAndre Ayton, Mike, is a restricted free agent. All right, but I'm just saying that... He gets a match from anybody. But this past offseason, the Suns weren't willing to give him a long-term deal. If something goes wrong because in the playoffs this year... Because they had an unrestricted free agency. I get it. But I'm ju- that's why I'm saying that would you not be willing or open to a deal centered around Aiton and Christian Wood? You know, Phoenix needs some wing help. There's Eric Gordon. So a combination of a... Yeah, Gordon- Mike, I would prefer DeAndre Aiton over Christian Wood. The only problem is that... This is real life. It ain't 2K. I get it. I'm just, I'm, th- you talk, this is what the name of this show is the Rockets wish list, right? So all I'm saying is, is that if Raphael Stone, who's being lauded as a guy that's creative and can do all these different things, then go make it happen. I don't disagree I with you. I don't disagree with you about needing a big. Obviously, need a big. I would much rather get a guy like Nurkic or Aiton versus big guys that are available in the draft. To kind of put a bow on it, I want in this draft. I want, to me, honestly, I want Boncaro. I, I want Boncaro over the other two. There isn't a whole, I, I wouldn't be opposed to either Chet or Jabari. I want Boncaro over those two. That's just me right now, just because I feel like the chemistry would be just like smooth silk right off the bat. And that's something that's, I think, just so what's the values. other two? Yeah. So, where, what are your three? So top three, if the Rockets had the number one pick, Jeremy Brenner, the between Smith, okay, rank these four. Actually, you know what? I'll make it even funner because he just declared for the draft. Rank these five 
Uh, Shade on Sharp, Jaden Ivey, Boncaro, uh, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith. Boncaro, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, Shade on Sharp. Okay. And I think that's going to be the top five, like in order. Uh, depending on obviously who, um, like if the Rockets were number one, that that's personally how I think the draft would go. Interesting. I just don't see how, like, look, I, I like Chet because I think Chet has the best. Um, I think Chet has the biggest ceiling. I'll say that. I think Paolo is exactly what this team needs, though. I think he's a guy that he doesn't need to be the superstar, but he's not going to be because this is, Jay, this is Jalen Green's team. And he's going to fit right in. And he's also going to, he's going to be like a, you know what he needs? You, you know what we need him to be, Mike? We need him to be Chris Middleton. We need him to be a guy that can take over a game when he can, Different but players. also compliment your superstar. Chris right. Middleton compliments Gian, uh, Giannis really well. We need Boncaro to compliment Shangun, which I think he does. We need him to compliment Jalen Green, which I think he does. We need to compliment everyone else, which I think I think Boncaro would be the guy that would be easier to kind of mesh the group with. With Chet, I'll say with him, I think he does have the biggest ceiling, but he's going to take some time. I think OKC is a great place for him. I think Orlando is also a great place for him, a place where he can grow and he can – you know, but it's going to take some time with him. And that's what I am worried about with the Rockets is, you know, if they get Chet, like, I don't think that's going to raise the, raise the ceiling as much this upcoming season as Paolo would, or as Jabari Smith would. I think Jabari Smith is, is good, but I don't think he moves the needle as much as the other two. That's my like personal opinion. Although I do think that Jabari Smith, could fit into this team really well. I think that's that's like what's really good about the Rockets draft is they can go one, two, or three and really be happy, which is similar to last year's draft, but just on a smaller scale. Obviously, the three players in last year's draft have higher ceilings, but in this draft, you can get a really good second or third option. And like a Deion, like look, DeAndre Aiden was the number one pick in his draft. Obviously, if you redid that draft, probably wouldn't be number one. But look, DeAndre Ayton's been on the best team in the NBA the last two years, and he's already been in the NBA Finals, and he's been a big part of it. So that's what you can get in a guy like Boncaro or Chet or Jabari Smith. I think the thing that scares me most about Chet Holmgren is his is his floor. It's not his ceiling because I think his ceiling is incredibly high. His but floor think- is Greg Oden. <laughs> like he could get well, injured. Yeah. Like that's that's what's concerning about getting a big at the top of the draft is you get a guy and. You know, he just he just is stuck in injuries. Right. I think it's injuries. I think it's also just even if he doesn't get injured, I think his play I'm not gonna call it fifty fifty. I think it's about sixty forty that he does not work in the NBA. Because I think he's gonna get I think he's gonna get manhandled down low. That's and like that's like the concern with with him. Especially right? with the growing there's, big there's gonna be a right? there's gonna be a learning curve with him similar to there was with Jalen green. And I think that the rockets are kind of at that point where they know they need to like, like Chet Chet's just on a different path. I think than the other two, I think Chet is a bigger risk, but it will warrant a bigger reward. If, if you develop him correctly for the rockets, I just don't think they have the bandwidth to, um, 
to like develop him along on the same timeline as as like you don't I, you want to build like Chet's a guy if everything goes well that you build a team around. The Rockets don't need to build around a guy. They don't need a guy to build around. They need a guy to build around Jalen Green. And I think he does that less than the other two. Defensively, though, he is the superior out of the three, which is why you still take him if he's there at number two or number three. But I think that the Rockets, I think Boncaro is the answer for them. I really do. I like I like Paolo a lot. You know, I think his game, I like the Middleton He's. I like the Middleton comparison to what Middleton is for Giannis, but I want to be clear: they're not the same type of player. No, they're not. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. But okay. like that's like the role. That's the gotcha. role he would okay. play. Or like yeah. a DeAndre Ayton, who's a guy that is a, extremely dependable in the front court. That's right. like kind of what I was thinking when I was saying. Okay. That. Um, Paolo. Paolo, player wise, for me, reminds me of a more athletic Carlos Boozer. Um, and no, yeah, not and just I because would, Boozer went to Duke. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a guy like Carlos Boozer. I think I think every team needs right. a guy like him. Um, but I will say this: like, I think the Rockets are in a position though where they can get any of those three, and you know what? Screw it! Like any of those five, and really figure it out. I mean, I trust them because they do feel they do feel confident in everybody that they've drafted recently, and I feel like if they draft. Uh, guard, it will show more confidence in like Shangun and Garuba versus if they drafted a big man, it will show more confidence in Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, Josh Christopher. And the thing is, Mike, those three have less question marks than Shangun and Garuba, which is why I think you need to add a uh, big man to kind of balance everything out. No, for sure. And keeping with the theme of the show, Let's say the Rockets did not move anywhere in the draft, right? They didn't move their pick. Picks, I should say. If I could choose two guys for the Rockets to come out of this draft with right now, it would be Jabari Smith and Jalen Duran. That's my wish list as of today. If the Rockets come out of this draft with those two guys, A, I think that would make Jeremy Brenner very happy. Because it, it that would, could shoot, but that's not going to happen shoot. because the Nets don't have a lottery pick. It depends on how far. Duran will go top 10. Like, he will go top 10. Ooh, I don't think so. I think he will. I think he will, Mike. I think uh, I think he will. I think he's going to go more in, like, the 12 to 16 range. Well, if that happens and the Rockets find a way to get him, take him. But, like, yeah. I, think, I think you're looking at – to me, I would say this. I would say – Paolo Boncaro, give me Paolo, give me uh, like a Kennedy Chandler or or even a Kendall Brown, someone like that. Um, and then in free agency, go and get a veteran or two. Wait, 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 go back, go back. You're talking about Kennedy Chandler, the point guard from Tennessee, correct? Yeah. So you want a point guard there, but you wouldn't want Jaden Ivey? A backup point guard. Jaden Ivey's not a guy that you can play okay. as okay. like – the thing is, Jaden okay. Ivey's not going to play backup. And if you draft Jaden Ivey number one overall, you're not going to play him as a backup. No, no, no. Absolutely not. There's, a, just big, saying, there's a big difference. Okay. That just there's took me by surprise. Drafting Jaden Ivey at three or four uh, or versus Kennedy Chandler at like 16 or 17. Okay. Um, so, but, so let me ask you. 
let me ask you this real quick while we're on this topic. If the Rockets get the fourth pick, right, then the top three are gone. Paolo, uh, Jabari, and Chet. Would you take Jaden Ivey at four? I would look into trading down, but if okay. I was forced to take a pick at four, um, I would probably take Jaden Ivey, yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm I mean, wondering where your mind's at. Like you would you rather, take, would you rather have Ivy or Shadon Sharp? Uh, Jaden Ivy. Uh, like okay. I don't, I don't trust the idea of going from high school to the pros right away. Um, like obviously with Jaden, obviously with Jalen Green, it was different. Um, you know, KJ Martin has luckily worked out. Um, but that's like not always a guarantee. So like, look with James Wiseman. Like James Wiseman basically went from high school to the pros and. He's not worth the top two pick that he was. So I think with Shaden Sharp, he's a guy, though, that because here's the thing, Mike. The reason why I say this is because I want this team to get better. I want this team to get better next season. I want them to be better than where they are. Shaden Sharp doesn't do that for the Rockets next season, maybe in 2024, 2025. But if you're going to get a guy like that, it's going to feel a lot like last year where it, or this past season where we were spending half the season, you know, okay, like, let's go. Come on guys. Like, let's come on. That That's kind of what it was like. And I think the Rockets are getting to a point where they're also kind of ready to take that next step and getting a guy like Chet, getting a guy like Shaden Sharp doesn't do that for you. For so sure. that's why I think they go and they get um, a guy like Paolo or Jabari Smith. And you also go, you get like uh, either a backup, like a Kendall Brown or, uh, you know, some someone to compete with Dacian Knicks in the backcourt. And then free agency, you go, you round out the roster with some veterans. Not too many. I wouldn't expect them to get more than like three, three veteran free agents. Like I really don't think they have a whole lot to do in free agency. It's going to be pretty quiet free agency period for the Rockets this year. But because because they feel so high on every with everyone in the roster right now, and they have six first round picks from this year and last, and that doesn't include you know Kevin Porter, obviously Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin, so that's already nine guys, um, and then who knows what they're gonna do with Christian Wood, so that's that's ten, uh, you know they have so many guys, Dacian Knicks that are worth keeping and at least looking at, um, you know for for the off season. And then moving from there. So to me, I think free agency, you keep it quiet. You get a couple guys that can be good locker room guys. Um, and then maybe you find a trade for them in the off season or, you know, or, or excuse me, the trade deadline, you kind of figure it out from there. Um, that's interesting. I want your take. The draft, the draft is far more important than free agency for me. Sure. Well, let me ask you, let me get your take on a couple guys in free agency. Sure. Just, on Mike Brown's wish list. Um, so we talked about the big guys. What are your thoughts on TJ Warren from Indiana? You know, that's actually not a terrible idea for like 20 minutes a game, but he would probably have to take, he would probably have to take some of Jay Sean Tate's minutes and that would mean Garris Matthews would be out. Montrez Harrell. I would love to have Montrez Harrell back. Um, I do think though that KJ Martin does almost everything that he can. So no, thanks. Um, I'm really high on Derek Jones, Jr. 
Played with Chicago again, again, same same deal. I feel like KJ Martin kind of he's he fits his archetype, and I, I think the Rockets are really high on KJ. Okay, last name as a uh, journeyman big man that I'm actually pretty high on is Thomas Bryant from Washington. I I would like Thomas Bryant actually. I think that's not a I think that's a yep. low risk, high reward guy. You you can play him backup minutes. Um, you can kind of figure it out that way. That that's kind of out of those names, Thomas Bryant's the one I would take uh, as a guy that could play like Shengun's backup role. We're assuming that um, Shengun is the starter next season. Christian Wood's been traded, um, so that that's a big part of it as well. But that to me is kind of what you're looking at. And maybe maybe with the Christian Wood trade, maybe they get a Christian Wood replacement, like a big for a big kind of thing, like a signing trade, like we had. Uh, mentioned, you know, earlier with with DeAndre Ayton, but obviously it's not going to be DeAndre Ayton. It's going to probably be a lesser guy, a mm-hmm. guy like you know, like a Thomas Bryant or someone like that. Well, to revisit just real quick, um, you know, if, if if Wood ends up in Charlotte, right, and PJ Washington becomes a Rocket, that all of a sudden would change a lot of what you would want to do in the draft. Because if you get a guy like PJ Washington, you no longer have a need for a guy like my guess. My guess is that well, the draft comes first. So if they were to get Paolo Bunker or Jabari Smith, they wouldn't end up making a trade for PJ. Okay, right. I would be assuming that they would make that deal before draft night. So if they were to acquire PJ Washington, they wouldn't have a need for Bunker. And that's why I think this offseason is so much more important than it was last year. Um, that's just how I see. I think they're going to be a little bit more. I'm hopeful that they're more uh, busy in free agency than, than you do. Um, for the simple fact, I think you can get better quicker via free agency than you can. The draft. Yeah, but Mike, you got to think about it like this too, is yes, free agency would be great. If they could get all these guys, it'd be great. And they would, would they be a better team? Sure. But then you're wasting the rookie contracts that you have. Um, and like you're paying these guys pennies and they could get you so many minutes uh, and you can tr- truly see if they're worth investing a second contract in. And also, like, if they make you better, they better, like, make you better. Like, I don't know how much of a needle uh, backup free agent is going to bring. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need to be able to move the needle enough for them to actually be a playoff team for me to actually, like, okay, yeah, let's do it. But I don't think the Rockets are really in that mindset right now. I think they are looking at we like the guys we have. We're going to we're going to push the lineups that we have currently already on the roster and we assume that with an off season under their belt that they're going to be even better. I mean <laughs> I don't know, man. I you have to trust you, the process, you, Mike. You no, I don't. No, I don't. That's you, bullshit. You do. No, I don't. You do. No, you do. No, because you know, you know why the you know why that statement is ridiculous on its on its face is because when has the process ever worked? It didn't work in Philadelphia. It didn't work in Boston, where they hoarded it, all of these picks for what? They've never done but anything. Mike, you gotta you gotta be able to get into the game. You gotta be able to get into the game. Okay. That's the thing is, is you're asking for a championship and obviously, yes, that is the primary goal, but the process, it isn't the, the end goal was never exactly the championship. I would say the end goal was to build a team that was sustainable for 10 years 
And that's what they're going to be. They ultimately racked up enough assets to get James freaking Harden. Right. So like when I said, like when it comes to a rebuild, yes, rebuilds suck. But at the same time, you don't want to become a team like the Indiana Pacers. Like the Indiana Pacers went for it every year and never got out of the first round. And now you're getting to a point. So after that, so like you want, you want to, it's like this in order to, it's like a slingshot, right? It's like a slingshot. You can either, you know, you can, you can like, you can pull it back, but if you pull it back a little bit, it's not going to go as far. But if you pull it back enough and you give it a little time and you go all the way back and you hold it. And then when you let go, it could go further than it would if you only held it back for a few seconds. I get where I get. That's where what the Rockets are trying to do. They're trying to slingshot back into the top, and they're they're winding up right now. That's what they're doing, and it's going to take a little bit more winding up. I would say probably one more season of this, but I do think that we're going to get better results next season simply because the talent on the roster. Like I'll say this: Yes, I'm a Rockets fan, but. I could argue the fact, like, you take all of these teams. Let's take a look at all of these teams that were not playoff teams this year. All right? The 10 teams, I'll tell you which teams I would prefer to be in position of. Right? All right? So you have, obviously, in in the – I'm pulling up the standings now. It doesn't want to work with me. All right, here we go. So starting the West, OKC, I'd much rather be in the Rockets' shoes right now. OKC doesn't have a star that's good as Jalen Green. Portland is kind of in no man's land because they have Damian Lillard, but they're not gearing up enough to make a true championship run. That's the thing. You, you We don't want to be Portland where they're, they are, you know, giving it their all, yes, but it's only going to get them so far. And they well, are trying to retool on. this team. They're trying to retool their team uh, to build it around – Damian Lillard, but it's not going to be enough. It's really not going to be enough to be like true contenders. I'd much rather be us than Sacramento, and I'd much rather be us than the Lakers. The Lakers are a mess and a half with no future whatsoever. And then you go to the East, Orlando, I wouldn't want to be them. Indiana, their best player is Tyrese Halliburton, and he's great, but he's not good enough to be like the best player on, on a championship team. Washington is stuck because they have Bradley Beal, and he raises their uh, floor, but doesn't get them to where they need to go. And the Knicks are screwed too because they have a guy like Julius Randle, a guy that is enough to raise the floor, not enough to get them into contender status. But one team that I would actually consider swapping places with because I like their outlook is Detroit. Because oh, I no, think Detroit, no, no, no. I think Detroit is building a team that's very similar to ours in terms of you know they have Cade. And they're building the team around Cade, and they're gonna build. And they have Sadiq Bay, who I think is is pretty pretty damn good as well. You know, I, I prefer our pieces personally because obviously I've seen them more, and uh, you know I think there's a little bit more upside there. But like you look at their team, and it's like, god damn, it's similar. Like you, Isaiah Stewart is a bit more defensive than Alper and Schengen. Alper and Schengen's a little bit more offensive, uh, but like Sadiq Bay is like the wing that they have that we don't have but we have two outstanding guards and they they have one and they're trying to make Killian Hayes another but like 
when it comes to, when it comes to that, and they have Jeremy Grant, who's on an expiring deal that they signed to a pretty big three-year contract two years ago, we have Christian Wood. There's a lot of similarities between us and Detroit, and I would not be surprised in five or six years' time if we get a Pistons Rockets finals. Like I really am serious about that. Oh come on, come on. I, I do, I do. Uh, I do, Mike, because I, I think that they are they are on a very similar path to us, and they and I and I actually like the moves that they're making because of all those teams that I mentioned, Kate Cunningham is the one with enough upside to be in the same conversation as Jalen Green, and the thing with all those guys like Bradley Beal, Julius Randle, they're great players, but they've kind of fizzled. We're not going to get a better version than what we've already seen, right? With with Jalen, we don't know that. We're probably getting a better version of Jalen Green than what we've currently seen. We're probably going to get a better version of Cade Cunningham than what we've currently seen. So that's why I'm willing to put my eggs, my all my Easter eggs in that basket. <laughs> Stupid Easter eggs. Um, no, man, like, I get where you're coming from. I just, I think that there's, I love your optimism. Like, I love your optimism. I'm just... I'm not there. What does he need to do? What does he need to do? No, no, no. I'm not talking about – no, 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 no. Not about green. Not about green. About Uh, what? What You're you're higher on the Rockets roster than I am as a whole. Okay, so so what do these people need to do? What do these people need to do to to make you a believer, Mike? I think we have the wrong coach. I think we have the wrong GM. I think we – The wrong GM that got got all these people out out of nothing? Okay, first of all, the general manager that has led this team to 40 wins in two years. Um, but also, I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not a believer. That has enough asset because, Mike, you haven't seen it. Because personally, Mike, because you haven't seen like a rebuild like this. Like the way that I see it is, you know, I think a lot of – I read this on Twitter, um, and this is like the last point I'll make before we sign off because we're, we're kind of going over time. But, you know, for, for baseball fans, you look at the Astros, right? And I think someone brought up, I don't know, I think maybe Paolo who brought it up, but like going through the Astros rebuild and, and seeing what has come out of that. Look, Mike, you're an Astros fan, not as much as I am, but you are. And I guarantee most Astros fans would agree with me when I would say they accept the losing that they had for, you know, three, four years being the worst team in the league because we've now gone to six straight or five straight or 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah. So five straight championships here. Would you look Mike, if, if I, what if I told you that in, let's say three years from now, the Rockets will go on a streak of five straight Western conference finals. Would that erase the, the, the two, three years of losing that we've had so far? Two things. Number one, Baseball and basketball are completely separate sports. You cannot compare the two. I, I I like the question, but it's so impossible to compare the two. They are. They are I, I think you. I think you make a great point that yes, I've never been a part of a major rebuild. Being a Rockets fan, now being a Dolphins fan, my entire life has been a rebuild. It feels. The like. thing is, Mike. But um, look at the Dolphins. That's a great but, example. The Dolphins have always strived to be seven and nine. Eight and eight, six and ten. But you know what I applaud? Eleven and five. They've never done anything. But you know what I applaud though about the ownership of uh, and 
finishing up my last point, I don't think we have the owner to make us a contender um, long-term. But the thing about it is what I appreciated about when Les was the owner is that Les would never stand for what's going on right now. He would because go to Les his- was Les was in a position when he bought the team. Like, look, Les was in a position where he, 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 he had a winner. He had a winner. And but he then, transformed it multiple times, though. It's not like he inherited. Yes, right. But, inherit- they, but they they had a point where they had the number one pick during Les's ownership. That Mike. But look at what he did though in that time. He went and got Pippen for better or for worse. He went and got Barkley. He went and got McGrady. Right, because because they had Hakeem, and Hakeem was a guy that raised their floor so much that they were a playoff team no matter what, and they rode Hakeem to the very end of his career, probably a little bit longer than they should have. And the thing is the Rockets don't have that Hakeem yet. For sure. But they, they, they had, don't have him yet. What, right. And that, that was, that's a, like Hakeem is one of the top 10 players of all time. Damn you right. You can't just like take, you know, like, but the thing is compare that to this because you know, no, 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 no. one's not walking through that door. I mean, he might, no, no, no. he might go work out with Opera and Shingun, but <laughs> it's not like he's not going to come play. And so the Rockets don't have that luxury. And that that's okay because a, a, a guy like Hakeem comes once in a lifetime. That's fair. The last they point have to I'm work exa- with what I, they had. I know what they're going on, but what I'm saying is they had their most recent version of what Hakeem was to them at that time and Harden. And Tillman still didn't do every single thing he could do to help build a winner. And that's why would I love DeAndre Ayton? It's different. Do I think that we're going to end up with Ayton? No, because that would require him to open up his pocketbook and pay for a guy when he knows his team isn't good enough to win the championship. It's it's a different way to build build a team. It's a different way to build a team. And the thing is, teams have had a more, have had more of a success rate starting over and building it back up than teams that try to ride the middle because then you have teams like Washington, like Indiana, like, uh, you know, New Orleans that that just ride the middle and hope for the best. They don't bottom out. They don't, but the Rockets are choosing the bottom out again in hopes of getting the top picks in the draft as the best potential future capital they can get and then once those guys are good enough they'll take the remaining picks they got from the Harden trade trade them for a guy like a DeAndre Ayton or someone like that that will make the team whole and turn them from a pretender to a contender they have to reach pretender status first and they have to be able to gauge and get the respect from the rest of the league to be a pretender but they don't have that yet. And that's what they're trying to do through the draft is build those pieces so that they be, they can become a team that can have at least a seat at the table. But I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship. Now we, as you can see, we have a lot to talk about this off season. That's why we're doing three episodes a week for the dream take during the off season. We've got a release schedule that should be ironed out by next week. So what we're going to do is we're going to record Mike's going to record Tuesday nights here on Spotify Green Room. I am going to be a better Spotify Live. Spotify, Spotify Live, excuse me. Yes, we're on Spotify Live right now, not Spotify Green Room. But uh, I'm going to be a better producer next week and post it on Wednesday. And then we'll be again 
him and I, Mike and Germ, JB and Mike, here Thursday nights on Spotify Live, hashing it out like we always do, chopping it up, having some fun together. And then sometime over the weekend, I'm going to let it kind of be fluid, but sometime between Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I will record a solo episode. Might have a chance to bring on some guests. That's why it's going to be a very fluid night. Uh, so I can bring on guests if their availability is only on a certain day. But that those episodes will go up Monday morning, no matter if it's a Friday show, Saturday show, Sunday show. They will go up first thing Monday morning on thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets, on espionation.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take and at Dreamshake SBN. You can also head to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Go follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown, at BSW Podcast underscore MB. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Ticket. Until next time, go Rockets. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.